there and welcome to a new season of Inside Rugby League, the Rugby League podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line again as usual today is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter, as regular listeners will know, is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also contributes to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. It's been a while since we've done a show, obviously, with the game being off, but we're back now and looking forward to a new season this week and... How are you doing, Peter? <laughs> I'm all right, thank you, Rich. Yeah, this will be my twenty um, sixth season. Yes, at the Yorkshire Evening Post, which is a scary thought, really, in itself. Um, been at the paper twenty five years today. Things have certainly changed since since um, I started. I remember, remember my first um, job at the Evening Post was was going interviewing Lee Crooks at Castleford about right. for the season. That was the first summer season in 1996. And that started around about the same time as this one's doing at, um, at the end of March. Since then, the starts tended to creep earlier and earlier in the year. Um, I think it was the end of January last year. I think it's much better, personally, to be starting in, in March. I think it's ironic that the weather forecast yeah. is saying it's there's going to be a cold snap this weekend. But um, in my view, a March start to the season, and even if you finish in, in November, as we did last year, is a is a good way of doing it rather than starting in early January or February when the weather's really bad and the pitches are muddy and, and the conditions are frozen. I like this um, starting in the spring. Players have had a, a full off season, so they should be prepared. I think it's gone better for some clubs than others, but generally, the players I've spoken to at, at various clubs are all upbeat and looking forward to it, as you'd expect after after three months without any rugby or four months without any rugby. Three months of, of pre-season, they're itching to get into it. Um, I think from, from fans' point of view, people have, have probably got mixed feelings. It's good to have rugby back, but fans are going to be watching on um, on the laptops and, and television screens again for at least the first couple of months. And, and that's disappointing, isn't it? I think we all thought yeah. when the season ended in November that by the time we got back, hopefully there'd be some fans in the stadium. So that's not going to happen. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, it may is at the moment the date that we're expecting to have supporters allowed into the grounds. I don't think it's going to be a huge number of supporters, but it will be some fans and that'll give everybody a lift, the players included. Um, I think there'll be a rise in standards around about that time in the season. Start of the year, everyone's a bit rusty. Normally teams play two or three practice games. Most Super League clubs have had one this year, so we'll be interesting to see if that has a bearing on the first few weeks. But I think it's going to be an interesting campaign. It's a huge year with a World Cup at the end of it. The race for the Super League title looks like going down to the usual suspects, Saints and Wigan, and, and obviously it's going to be Warrington's year again this year. <laughs> but there's a couple of other clubs who could challenge. I think Leeds fancy the chances. Hull look pretty strong under a new coach. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Huddersfield have recruited very well 
So there's a lot of interest in this season and we also have relegation, which is adding a bit of jeopardy into it. So um, so I think it's it's exciting times. And if, if you can't be optimistic about a season and looking forward to it the day before... Um, yeah. Before round one, when can you be? So, um, so yeah, let's let's bring it on and let's hope for a, a good year. Yeah, certainly. Um, just before I, I reply to that, I'd just like to add my congratulations to you, Peter, on completing the 25 <laughs> years at the EP. I've done 16, <laughs> so <laughs> to do another nine on top is a tremendous achievement. And obviously, in this day and age, um, with how things have changed, not just in rugby league, but in newspapers and the media in general. Uh, it, it's a tremendous feat to have completed a quarter of a century in one job and one paper. And I, I know how, how hard you work. And... I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking of it like that. That makes it feel even older. <laughs> even older than But thank you. Well, I, I know how hard you work. And, and on the odd occasion, as we've discussed in the past, I've stepped into your formidable boots. <laughs> on the odd occasion to cover games myself and uh, I know the the work that's involved and the hours and the times that you've been driving back down the M62 on Saturday mornings and so on so uh, you know it's it's an occasion well worth marking as I say I've I've do, I've worked alongside in the press box is probably a bit longer than that but I've done 16 years on the EP and how it's changed in that time alone is absolutely incredible so uh, over 25 uh, you know, say is a, is a great achievement. And thank you, Rich. I uh, appreciate that. Thank you. And, and and as you say, looking forward to the season. Uh, disappointing this time last year when we started the podcast, we'd just gone into lockdown, hadn't we, for the first time, and nobody really knew what was going to happen, uh, whether crowds would ever get back, and whether the season indeed would even finish or, or restart or. Whatever, you know, we, we played up to the 7th of March, didn't we? And then it, it's, it finished after that. Uh, but at least this time, uh, there is some optimism in that there seems to be a map out of it, doesn't there? And there seems to be an idea of when we might get some fans back, if not uh, full stadiums or, you know, the vast majority of fans get, getting into grounds. There will be some there. And, and as you say, that, that always makes a tremendous difference, both to the spectacle and to the players, uh, you know, I think in terms of encouragement and criticism, uh, I think we've seen in all sports over the winter months, uh, you know, football in particular, in my opinion, you know, teams have been getting away with a lot because there, there are no crowds there to, to either encourage or, or throw pelters. Um, so definitely looking forward to crowds coming back. And, and as you say, that bit of a later start, you know, the clocks will be going forward this weekend, won't they, as well? So the... The, the, the days will be getting longer and hopefully the weather brighter and and as you say the the pitches and the general conditions both on match day and in training should should be a lot better for the players now and uh, and so hopefully by the time the, the crowds maybe do return in a couple of months teams will be really hitting the straps as they say uh, and you know starting to hit their best form and I, I'm looking, looking forward to the season you know it seems although it, it, Ironically, it did go on till November, which was longer than normal for the season. It does seem like it's ages since we've seen any real action and, and chatted about it. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to the, the weekly rounds and, and seeing how teams get on again. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's nicer. I've been to, um, I think, three pre-season games. And just going to a game, 
and I, I don't want to sort of rub it in for, for fans who, who don't have this opportunity yet. But in future years, it's just it's just nicer going to a game at the start of the season in in decent conditions and and when it's a little bit warmer and there's some daylight in the sky rather than than in December when it's a it's a pretty miserable time to be starting the campaign. It's hard to get enthusiastic about a season that starts in in January or or early February. And I would I would really would like to see um every season start in March. Obviously it's a case of fitting all the fixtures in. Um we've got some double weekends coming up again this season, which isn't ideal where teams play twice, three times in, in a week. That's gonna have a a bearing on how things go. It certainly had an impact last year when some teams were playing four times in in um, 13 days or whatever. That's too much to yeah. expect from players in the modern game, in my opinion. I know everyone says, well, the full-time players, this is what they do for a living. But it's still a, a very physical sport, which um, you can certainly tell if you're, if you're in a, a stadium where there's no crowd and, and teams are going at, at each other full pelt. You can feel the impact and you just realise how tough a game it is. Um, I don't think players can can give their best over an entire season when they're having to play so many matches and, and having to back up. My concern about this year would be we've got a World Cup at the end of it, as mentioned, and um, England are going to be going up against teams like New Zealand and Australia who have had a shorter season that finishes earlier and, and hasn't had these double matches and it's it's going to be hard. It's going to be harder than than it ever is to match those teams. I think we've got some some high hopes under Sean Wayne, the New England coach, but he needs to be allowed to prepare his t- his players properly for the World Cup. Um, and I'm not sure that's going to be the case. Already we've got a mid-season warm-up match scheduled for um, for England, but there's a full round of Super League fixtures. That weekend as well, I, I think that's that's a mistake. Um, yeah, I, I just think this year, this weekend's matches are loop fixtures, so their their teams are playing each other the first of what will be three times this year. And I think with no crowds, we could this season have knocked those on the head and just played everybody once home and away. I think that would have made for a, a better season and reduced the strain. On players, but um, I don't want to sound too negative. Before before round one, let's just look forward to the rugby. Um, I think that there is a lot to be excited about this season. With some um, clubs have made some um, interesting recruitment, not Leeds, least um, Leeds Rhinos bringing Carl Eastmond, which um, I think surprised everybody and is yes. a really intriguing signing. He was a, a top player. A decade ago for St Helens, he spent the last ten years in rugby union. He's played for um, for England in that sport, and now at thirty one, I think he is. He's back in rugby league. It's not that often players come back to rugby league from union and are as good as they were when they went away. So it'll be really interesting to see how he gets on. And Big Zane Tessavano, I think, is an excellent signing for Leeds as well. Then of course there's Greg Inglis at um, at Warrington. It'll be really fascinating to see how 
he gets on. He's been retired, obviously, for a, a couple of years. So um, can he spur them on to, to grand final glory this year? I'm not sure about that. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I think Jay Field at Wigan is a very good addition. I think Wakefield have signed well in Mason Lino. Uh, although only one signing for the team that finished second from bottom last year. Um, that's that's going to be interesting to see if if Chris Chester can get the best out of his side. If he can this year, Wakefield can match anyone. But you just hope that the players um, the players really live up to their standards this year, which they didn't last year. They let themselves down and Chris Chester down at times. But yeah. um, hopefully Certainly. that's all behind them now and people like David Fafita can, can reach the potential and I think one of the big signings of the year will be Niall Evans at Castleford he's a very good player at fullback will solve a problem for them and I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes in the um, in the amber and back sure yeah just just to go back to the point you were making there about the international preparations Peter before I go on to offer my thoughts on the new signings and so on but you know I think you're right to point it out uh, I don't think it's been overly negative. I think it's something that unfortunately gets pointed out on a regular basis, as it has been on this podcast, uh, about the issues with the international game and how domestic always seems to take precedence and the Australian lack of interest in the international game, um, which means that things like the World Cup, when they do come around, need to be celebrated. But as you say as well, teams need to be properly prepared for them. And you feel again that short-term self-interest is, is overruling the the long-term interests of the game and clubs want to keep playing, you know, the domestic game at the expense of the international one and expect their international players to, to pick up basically where they left off and do double shifts. And then, of course, when it comes to the World Cup, if, if England don't do as well as people expect, then everybody starts panning the coach and the players again without perhaps looking at the issues beyond those and, while we've been away over the winter, of course, uh, Robert Elston's resigned from his position in Super League and you got the impression that he'd had enough of smashing his head off the wall and trying to fight the interests of 12 different clubs all the time. So, you know, I think I think it's, it's a point well made and it's something we need to keep an eye on as, as the season goes on, you know, and as you say, the, the players take a heck of a pounding anyway um, and it's going to be even harder given the way that this last season was truncated and then this season trying to fit it all in and the Challenge Cup and the playoffs before and Super League for Grand Final, obviously, before going on to the World Cup again. So, you know, tough times ahead again for the players and, you know, as you, as you say, things like the loop fixtures, maybe this year, particularly with no crowds, it's not like you're missing out on fortunes uh, by not playing certain games or maybe getting rid of a round of less attractive games, shall we say, and keeping some of the, the more blockbuster fixtures. But that's what they've decided to do. And, and again, on their heads be it, ultimately. Um, we'll, we'll see and we'll keep an eye on that as the season goes on. But uh, moving moving on to the signings, as we've, as you were saying there, uh, Leeds in particular, that you know, that one caught me really by surprise, but one that I'm really looking forward to, Kyle Eastman. As you say, he was a player who was very highly rated, wasn't he, when he was taken away by England Rugby Union, although I haven't followed much of his career in recent years. You know, you'd like to think that working with Sean Long again would bring out the best in Kyle, and maybe Sean's seen things there that you know that he can do with him. 
uh, for the benefit of Leeds. And Niall Evelds, obviously, again, a, a great signing for Castleford. I'll, I'll come back to Castleford in a minute because I think we really need to discuss Daryl Powell saying that he's going to leave the club at the end of the season as well. And Wake as well, it surprised me. I was just looking through the uh, excellent rugby league pullout that we've got in our papers this week, both the Evening Post and the weekly newspapers, the Wakefield Express and so on. Uh, how many players had left Wakefield? I didn't realise how bloated perhaps that squad had become. There's quite a lot of experienced players gone, hasn't there? But uh, And only one coming in, Mason Lino. But uh, with Andy Last and uh, Willie Poaching joining the coaching staff, then maybe Wakey will have a better season to look forward to. I think both those guys will have something to offer. Obviously, Willie's a, an ex-player and very popular down at Bellevue. Um, had a great career down there before he moved on to Leeds. And one of these players, you'd, you'd say he was an 8 out of 10 man, wasn't he? He always turned up, worked hard, did a job, and very popular with the fans. And Andy, obviously, been at Hull FC for a few years. He's been in part of a winning culture there with the Challenge Cup successes and so on, and uh, working alongside Lee Radford and having a go himself in charge at the end of last season before he moved on. So it'd be interesting to see what they bring to Wakefield as well and, and, and working alongside Chris, who's been there a few years now. So I think a more optimistic view this season for me uh, regarding Wakefield and looking forward to seeing how they go against Leeds. They've had a few injuries, haven't they? And a few new signings bedding in. So I think that Wakefield actually at home, aren't they? One another one of these strange COVID oh, anomalies. Yeah. It's their home fixture, but obviously all games being played at Headingley. And uh, just, uh, you know, say, while talking about Leeds as well, they've, they've had a few players leaving. Stevie Ward, I know we mentioned a few times at the end of last season, he was forced into retirement, sadly, during the close season as well. Um, so he's a big loss for the game. And I was very sorry to see that for Stevie. I know we've spoken about him several times on here and what a great player he was in his time and just hope he stays fit and healthy in the future now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, a real, a real shame on a personal level for for Stevie and for the game, which yeah. has um, has lost a, a very good, um, a very good player. Um, in terms of Wakefield, as I said earlier, I, I think it, it we've got to wonder whether finances play a part in in the recruitment, whether they're having to be careful. Obviously, they've not had a, um, any gate income for, for a year, so no. when he's telling, that's presumably had a, a bearing on the recruitment. But um, Chris Chester's given the players an opportunity to prove that they're better than they were showed last year, and, and let's hope they do that. <laughs> if, if Trinity fire, they've got some formidable, formidable players yeah. in that squad. Look at Bill Tupu and... Um, and Totten Johnson, two absolutely fantastic players, um, a wing and centre combination. Um, I'm interested to see how Mason Lino gets on, but I've heard good things about the way he's training at, at Wakefield. Big Dave Fafita was leading the Man of Steel ratings a couple of years ago before injuries and, and a few other things knocked him off track. And Kalepi Tanginoa was by far Trinity's best player last year, and, and he could have a real impact on them again this season. I think he was in the dream team last year. So there's there's plenty of potential in there. I think it's a, an interesting first um, first matchup 
that one. I mean, Leeds will go into it as favourites, I would think, simply because they're the you know they're the Challenge Cup holders. They had a better season last year, but Wakefield have, have beaten Leeds at least once in recent seasons, and and they'll fancy their um, they'll fancy their chances. So that one. Good game, that. Looking forward yeah. to it. Um, Castleford start against Warrington. That's going to be an, an interesting um, interesting game. You mentioned Harold Powell. Obviously, Warrington are another club whose coach will be leaving at the end of this season. And Daryl says that he's got an open mind on what he's going to do. He's not made a decision yet, but obviously everybody's linking in with Warrington. Um that would seem to be um, an obvious move. So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting first game up for both clubs, isn't it? I, I think Castleford could potentially have a decent year this year. They'll be fully motivated with Darrell leaving. They've made some good additions. As mentioned, I think Niall Edwards is a particularly good signing, but Jordan Turner will bring a lot to them as well. Um, and they've, the packs may be getting on a little bit, but they've got a lot of experience and they've got a lot of quality in there when when they're at full strength. They obviously can't afford any um, any injury pileups, but I think that's probably the case for most clubs. Um, I certainly think Castleford will be better than they were last season. Whether they can can challenge Wigan and Saints at the very top, I'm not sure, but. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write them off for a cup run if they can get a favourable draw. I mean, they generally draw either Saints or Hull yeah. um, somewhere along the line. If they can avoid that sort of um, sort of thing, I don't see why they couldn't send Daryl Powell out with a, a Wembley appearance um, or another Wembley appearance. Obviously, in his first full season, he got them there. Um, and I think, yeah, I think Cass have been overlooked a little bit. Um, in pre-season, when people are talking about who might challenge from us, I think they'll, I think they'll have a decent year. Yeah, um, it was a, again a bit of a shock when Daryl. Well, maybe not so much that Daryl said he was leaving. I, I think a lot of coaches probably feel after a certain period of time that maybe it's time for a, a fresh challenge for themselves and a fresh voice in the dressing room for the players. But uh, be interesting to see how the players do react. Um, some coaches in the past, I think Sir Alex Ferguson famously once said he was retiring at the end of the season, didn't he? And the players put their metaphorical cues on the rack and Man United slipped away and Ferguson said he decided in the end, didn't he, that he would stay on and he certainly wouldn't make the mistake of telling the players again when he was going to retire. Um, I'm sure with Daryl, you know, I'm sure the players will maybe have had an inkling that you know he wouldn't be there, he wouldn't be there forever, obviously. But also that he may be thinking of moving on. And Warrington is the one where everyone's putting two two together and getting far, aren't they? And it'd be a good a good place for him to go, uh, some money to spend, and you know, obviously, a coach who seems to improve players uh, that he brings in. So you know, I'm sure that would appeal to Warrington too, but. For this season, as you say, I think Cass are capable of upsetting the bigger, or the so-called big guns on a, on a regular basis. As you say, whether they've the depth to go all the way is another thing. But Niall Evels is certainly someone I'm looking forward to seeing. He seems a, a definite Daryl po- project. 
he's already a good player and I'm sure that Daryl can make him even better and I'm sure that'll be one of the reasons why Niall chose Castleford when he left uh, Salford. And uh, as you say with Wakefield, I unfortunately say this every season, but I think again, Wakefield have got a, a 17 or a 19 capable of beating any team in the division on its day. But if they get a few injuries, which inevitably they will do, um, it's it's the depth of the squad again, isn't it? And as you say, the finances in particular at places like, like Wakefield have been squeezed in the last 12 months. And uh, I'm sure they'll be looking to be competitive and I read Chris Chester saying he, he feels they can get in the top six and there's no reason why they can't and on Saturday I think they've as good a chance of any of, of catching Leeds cold while Leeds have a few injuries and the season's just beginning uh, it might be a game that Wakefield can nick I certainly hope so from a personal point of view um, but they do seem to have lost quite a few players out of the squad and, and again as we've just said uh, you know, Chris will probably give some of the younger players a chance, but uh, it does make you worry as the season goes on, if they pick up a few knocks, how well they'll go. And Leeds as well, uh, you know, we've already touched on them, but uh, you'd fancy Leeds again to have a, a good run in the cup and again, you know, push without doubt for the playoffs, possibly the grand final. It's hard to see past Saints and Wigan again, but we, we quite often see that in sport, what we expect doesn't happen and a team that you expect to run away with it uh, doesn't have the season that you thought they might or, or other teams work them out and, and work out a way of beating them. Um, I can't honestly see that with St Helens this year. I think they'd be the, the hot favourites again, but uh, teams like Leeds are more than capable of pushing them. And I was looking forward to seeing the big two forwards, Zane and King. <laughs> I think they'll they'll uh, cause some chaos this season as well, and uh, looking, you know, Luke Gale and when he, he's fit again, I'm not sure whether he'll play this weekend, but when he's fit and maybe linking up with Kyle Eastman, that that's an exciting prospect uh, for the competition yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. So I think for this week, Peter, we've got things off to a start, and it'd be interesting to see how the first weekend. Uh, rolls out and hope everybody enjoys the games and seeing the action again and everybody get players get through it safely and hopefully we can start moving towards normality again maybe later in the season certainly hope so uh, but for now I think if we, if we say goodbye and uh, just remind everyone as usual that they can get the latest sports news rugby league and the latest on COVID in the area from yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk from our Twitter handles at Richard Byron YEP and at Peter Smith YEP. And obviously this week, as well as I mentioned during the show, there's the kickoff supplement, which is really is an excellent supplement, which is free inside uh, the weekly newspapers this weekend. And uh, it's certainly worth going out and getting a copy of that. Uh, it gives you all the fixtures for all the teams, as well as the ins and outs and interviews with the top players and a column with Luke Gale and uh, say a, an excellent publication which Peter's contributed a great deal to. So just to thank again Peter for his time and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again with you soon.